Hello, and you're listening to FP Cast, the podcast for frivolous pursuits where we are bullshit about the week in pop culture. I'm Luke. And I'm Jacinta. And this week we're talking about. I'm overcompensating because uh, you're, um, you, you've been here a little bit and you haven't said much to me. Yeah. Well, you, you, in my fucking defence, yeah. bro. Well, let's bring that up right up for you. Not, you know, you're still under the weather. Oh, yes. I am having surgery at the end of October, so enjoy me being a ray of fucking sunshine until then. But to be fair, I walked in to you playing the ukulele, singing oh. Taylor Swift, deliberately trying to get a rise out of me. And you know what? I'm just not about that fucking life today, man. All right, I'm just well, not about that life. This will be a fun show after a couple of weeks <laughs> off. Let's see how uh, we fare. Like you, don't, like, you just don't need to weaponize Taylor Swift against me. Like, we're friends, man. You don't need to do that. I'm really enjoying a new album. Well, I haven't fucking listened to it. I've listened Shockingly, to it a couple of times. Great. And I like it. I'm happy for you yeah. as your friend. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to push right. it in your face. Okay. All right. Great. <sighs> okay. Woo. Well, <laughs> so we are back uh, with some things to talk about. There's been a, a whole ton of pop culture news and reveals in the time that we've been away. Um, we're just going to talk about a, a couple of those things where... Uh, feel like there are pressing things to talk about but also we're going to review once upon a time in hollywood which was late coming here we're late to review it so uh it's probably yeah i hope on, you guys all enjoyed that movie like a month and a half it's probably ago a lot on tv now yeah but uh we're still going to talk about it mm. we're still going to review that and um i've been watching a, a fair bit of tv because really it is the golden age of television and i feel like that is the theme uh for today's episode mm-hmm. in a way because we're suddenly in this age where the difference between TVs, TV and movies is getting um, thinner? Smaller. Smaller. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure is. <laughs> and that's exciting. Well, it is because you don't need to leave the house to enjoy it. No. And, uh, and you can wear your gross tracky decks and eat whatever snacks you want. And actually, we're going to talk about this later. I want to talk about it now. I think probably... One of the best examples I can give is this idea of the new Disney Plus Obi-Wan series with Ewan Mm. McGregor. Because we know that they were courting him to do a film. And then uh, that sort of didn't happen because Solo underperformed. And then I was kind of pissed about that and going, we're going to be cheated of all these movies that I wanted to see. But considering how the new TV stuff is looking... And the kind of talent and money they're putting into it, mm. I would think that we might actually be better off to have a series yeah. and have the characters developed over time and to have more breathing space and to not have that forced three-act arc that, um, you know, is pushing everything along. Mm. I, I think that's actually really exciting. And uh, I'm going to be reviewing Dark Crystal uh, Age of Resistance today. And that is a perfect example of that. That was something that was going to be a movie. And having watched 10 hours of it, I'm so glad we got the 10-hour version instead of a condensed, you know, 90-minute, two-hour version. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it is a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, until Disney buys 
everything. <laughs> well, like I, I look, I I understand the people that are uh, a bit about Disney buying everything, but at the moment Disney is delivering unto me a lot of things that I want, so I'm not too mad at our mousy overlords just yet. Well, I'm very pro Netflix as well. Yeah. Like I think what we watched the documentary as well about the making of the Dark Crystal, which you know does a bit of selling Netflix throughout it, mm. but the kind of idea there is that Netflix goes, they approach and say, hey, we want to do an animated Dark Crystal series, like a cartoon. And they go, yeah, okay, but what would it cost to do a live action and make it look like the original? And they were like, oh, shit, really? Like, yeah, we, we know we can do it. We'd love to do it, but it's going to mm. be expensive. And they're like, yeah, we, we kind of like that version. Mm. And then they experiment because they go, oh, the Gelflings, all, Gelflings always looked a bit shit. Why don't we do CGI Gelflings and puppet?" Um, Skeksis, and they do a reel of that. This is back in 2016, and they look at that reel and go, yeah, let's make it all puppets. Mm. And, like, just really fucking committed. And then they pull in, like, that crazy cast. So, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Mm. Um, But, no, you raise an interesting point there, which is kind of a segue, because one of the things that I wanted to talk about was this whole Spider-Man, Sony, Marvel Universe uh, split, the idea that Sony said, hey, we don't need you. MCU anymore. We want to go our own direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are up in arms. But someone who was not up in arms, and I was just reading this this morning, was is Stanley's daughter, mm. who, you know, isn't 17. She's probably like 50-something, 60-something, but was very pro-Sony in this. Mm. And just saying, well, I don't really want Marvel to have the monopoly. They didn't treat him great. Mm. And, well, how'd you like them, Apple? Stan, you didn't treat everybody <laughs> great yourself. Um, but they didn't treat him uh, wonderfully. And they're monetizing everything, and we would like to have different points of view, and and the product spread around um, hmm. a, a variety of artists. So, you know, there's that. But I, I wanted to raise the question because I know people's uh, uh, going with their heart there and going, "What? He's out of the MCU. What, what are you doing?" Yeah, they're not taking Tom Holland out the back and fucking executing him. But He'll yeah, still be around at the same time. Like, can anyone? Can you make an argument as to why? Sony needs Disney going forward. Not I mean, really. The Tony Stark was the arc, wasn't it? Mm. And that's gone. Mm. Um, you could say, oh, well, creative guidance to make sure it doesn't suck. But at the same time, they seem to have directors and writers at the moment, which uh, they're gelling with. They mm. did make Into the Spider-Verse, which was brilliant. Mm. And it's not like any of the, the Spider-Man films have really weighed on cameos no. from the other um, Marvel films, so he can they can carry the franchise. They own, like, fine. hundreds of Spider-Man villains and characters mm. and Black Cat and all this stuff. Do they really need to be saddled with giving half the money to Disney in order to go, oh, well, okay, we'll try and shoehorn Hawkeye into one of these? Mm. You know? Like, I, don't, I, I can kind of see where they're coming from. Mm. Like, they've got their plans, they've got him, and you know, they're not going to be bringing in all the Avengers or anything. I think the only thing we're thinking where it's a disappointment is if there's a big Avengers movie or something and suddenly he's mysteriously absent. But by yeah. the same token, when you look they're at that... They're making so many different... Like, they're expanding the team so much more now that you're probably not even really going to miss him. No, and when you look at that upcoming slate of stuff, yeah. um, there's no big team movie anyway. No. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, look, we all know that in the room here we've got a big fuck Sony meter... Uh, mounted yeah. on the wall, uh-huh. and uh, the needle's usually hovering pretty much towards the fuck Sony yeah. part. But in this one, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They because can go back to neutral. 
Yeah, I just don't see... Yeah, I, I, I'd, if you've got other feelings on this, get on the Facebook page and, and tell me, try and compel me into why do they need the MCU at this point? Is it so that he can hang out with uh, Darcy from Thor? I don't know. Mm, oh, did you hear that Darcy's going to be in fucking WandaVision? Yes, Darcy's like, oh, back. Fuck, if there was one series that I was the least interested in in that whole slate and then they go, guess what, Darcy's going to be in it now. And I'm like, oh. No, it's going to be amazing. You're a filthy, filth pot. Darcy's a dickhead. Uh, Darcy's awesome. And uh, speaking of series and things, so they said Miss Marvel, which is the Kamala Khan hmm. version, the stretchy one with the big, make her fist big. Is she a big fist girl? Yep. Yep, cool. Yeah, yeah, really big into to big fisting. <laughs> uh, Moon Knight. Who the fuck is Moon Knight? Who the fuck is Moon Knight? <laughs> is the classic. Yeah, um, people, I don't even know if Jess knows that this is a total meme for us now, but... Um, Jess, who was the co-host on our old show, uh, and actually creator of our old show, Book Was Better, uh, I remember her at one point saying, who the fuck is Moon Knight? Which, and she knew who Moon Knight was, but it, it was, you know... I cannot... I, she was well, razzing it. Like, I honestly cannot even see the words Moon Knight now without thinking, who the fuck is Moon Knight? Yeah. And I wasn't even around in the friendship <laughs> group at that point. Same, no matter who says Moon Knight, <laughs> you go, who the fuck is Moon Knight? <laughs> and we don't know who the fuck is playing Moon Knight yet. But yeah. um, no, but that's exciting. I mean, they've got a lot of TV projects coming up. And if yeah. they do look like films... Have they confirmed that these are live action or animation? Um, I'm pretty sure that Miss Marvel was... Conf- yeah, I'm pretty sure these are live action. Okay. Um, I hope so. It seems like a missed opportunity to not. Hmm. Because I th- I'm actually surprised they haven't announced more animation stuff, because surely that's, like, not easier, but it's a lot less actor hours. I, I think they will have a lot of animation, but I just don't think that's their big news. That's not hmm. the stuff that they're announcing at, like, D23. and stuff. They did with the What If, because it's got all the voice, the original hmm. cast. And um, do you see that picture of... One of them's about Peggy Carter yes. being Captain America. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, I mean, when you think there's only so many films you can release a year, but then to go, oh, well, let's play around with Moon Knight and do it as a series, mm. and then you can always do a film or something if it's successful, I, I think it's great. Um, I really welcome this new change. Uh, the reason I put this in there, though, is I thought it was funny. A friend posted on Facebook some of the comments about She-Hulk of dudes getting really angry about going, what, She-Hulk, male, Hulk is male. Why does everything have to be oh. female now? They're trying to be so politically correct, and it just sucks. Read and every, comic everyone's comic chat. Be, yeah, and, and one of them was like, Stan Lee must be rolling in his grave. And I'm like, yeah, Stan Lee created this character 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking numb nut. Um, <sighs> I'm just disappointed she, she probably won't be... Uh, hanging out with How the Duck like she was in some of the uh, more recent-ish comics. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm probably the only one. I'm sure you're in a big group of, uh, of people feeling the same way. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think um, crank all this stuff out and, uh, you know, look, it's just there if you want to watch it. And um, speaking of, uh, I guess, our first sort of litmus test of what these things might look like is the Mandalorian trailer. Mm. And, um, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Like, it looks like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it looks pretty much exactly what you would expect it to look like. I don't know there was any humongous surprises in that trailer, but uh, it looks solid. I think the quality. I mean, bear in mind that this is a sort of benchmark that they've been trying to achieve for a long time, and Lucas 
at one point gave up on it. Mm. You know, he had that Star Wars series written, which we don't know if any of it has become the Mandalorian or not. Um, but his whole goal was it has to look like the movies. And mm. then there was a point where he, they gave up on it and said the technology is not there at the moment to um, do this at a reasonable budget. Uh, but now we're getting these $10 million episodes mm. and um, by the looks of it, things are, are, are working really well. Mm. Maybe that is a good time to, to segue into Dark Crystal just because that follows that kind of line. Have You You haven't watched any of it, I assume? Uh, yeah, I watched a couple last night. I watched like two or three. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, that looks phenomenal. Yeah, it's a, it's a good looking series. And like, I'm, I wasn't like psyched to watch it because I don't really have a nostalgic connection yeah. to Dark Crystal. I think I watched it once when I was a little kid. Didn't like it enough to ever really watch it again. I haven't seen it as an adult. But it's just such a spectacular looking series. Like, I was sitting there going, oh, well, yeah, look, you know, it looks good, but it's not really like, like I'm not super into it. And then just that bit where the carriage is leaving the castle, yeah. that was the moment, and I went, oh, okay, yeah, I'm in this. And just that, like, even the visual for me of, because we've seen the Skeksis and things like that before, they've done a nice recreation of their castle. But when the, um, like, foppish Skeksy with the six pairs of, uh, three pairs of glasses mm. is, like, leaning out of the carriage talking to a gelfling mm. in their city and mm. you're just like this is just beautiful i fucking loved it like i'm so excited about this show um it, it looks in fact when you watch the documentary about it they show a lot of footage of the original next to this and this mm. one just blows the original out of the water mm. um suzanne watched it with me we don't watch a lot of tv together but we watched five hours on friday night five hours last night yeah it's got to be my favourite thing I've watched this year on TV. I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, and I do have that nostalgic draw. Not that I love the original movie. I love the design and the feeling, and I, I loved it as a child. I think it's a bit of a slog in parts watching it now. Mm. But um, this has a really kind of... I don't know, there's a little bit of Star Wars, there's a little bit of Game of Thrones, um, yeah. there's a little bit of Lord of the Rings. It, yeah, very, just... very Lord of the Ringsy. That was probably the, the feeling that I most... Uh... Most got out of it. It's um, the world building's wonderful, just the expansion of all the lore and all the characters that come in, and there's some really magical things. Yeah, I mean, and the fact, and it, it's a pretty, not shorthand, but it gets through all that world building stuff like relatively quickly. Like, as I said, I, had, I was coming into it mm. pretty much fresh, and you, you want, and even without necessarily, you know, the voiceover at the start of this happened and then this happened, like, you understand who they all are, what their kind of role is, mm. what their lives are like very quickly. And it keeps introducing new ideas. I remember we were watching, I think, episode seven last night, and there was one point I paused it to get a drink, and I looked, and we were half an hour into it, and I was like, we saw this and this and this and this yeah. just in this episode. Like, there were so many cool things. Mm. Um and you've got, like, Simon Pegg, Oscar, um, uh, Jason Isaacs, yeah. um, Anya Taylor-Joy, Natalie Emmanuel, Taryn Edgerton, mm. um, all these... Uh, Natalie Dormer. Andy Samberg's character is pretty great when he shows up. Okay. Not up to that yet, but Yeah, he's a while away. Um, yeah, like, it, it's so beautifully crafted and put yeah. together. And um, I, I think the only thing that will potentially put people off is... Um, I think it's kind of a shame that... Taron Edgerton's character, Ryan, for me, is probably the most unappealing design. Yeah. Um, and that tribe is probably the most unappealing design. Yeah. And they have a lot at the front. 
And yeah. I think that um, I know that there are people that'll be like, oh, they look weird. I don't like it. But then when you see some of the other tribes or clans of Gelfling, yeah. they're better. And what they said in the documentary, like Jim Henson was never particularly happy with the original Gelflings. And you can still see some of the issues. Like sometimes they do look a little bit dead and rubbery and then other times yeah. they, they look really good. But as they were pointing out, like it's a hand in there mm. and there's very, very little room for electronics. They've got like this really tight, uh, metal skull around the hand mm. with um, some animatronic eyes and there's not much else mm. so they got a lot of limitations there but there were certainly times where I absolutely forgot all about that like mm. I was just watching it and um, amazed and Katrina um, Balf is yeah. in there yeah. and um, Alicia Vikander yeah yeah. Momentarily. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty um, amazing. And I have, to, I have to say, like, obviously representation is so important in media. And at the moment I've felt very seen by that Skeksis character who is constantly sneezing up gunk. I think played by Aquafina, oh, yes. actually. Who is having the fucking greatest time. Like, seeing Simon Pegg and everyone just crack out their Muppet voices and yeah. having a blast. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, no, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I've just we just keep talking about it. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, it. It's way up there for me. I, I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's quite a feat. I think um, there's just nothing like it. Yeah, no. And you you're watching. There's times when it's so epic, and then I'm like, these are fucking puppets. And, and that's what I found when I'm watching a documentary because Henson. And it's real sad, actually, that Henson isn't around to see this because I think he would um, be thrilled. But I know that there was never, even with kids' programming, never a attempt to pretend the puppets were real. Like, yeah. he would always then show the kids the puppets afterwards and mm. how they worked. So this documentary starts and um, this quite moving campfire scene later on and they're setting it up and it's just like all these... Gelfling corpses, like these dead rubbery <laughs> things that they're sort of moving around and are just sitting there limply. And I was, and it made me feel kind of sick and anxious. I was just like, what? No, you, what? No, but they're alive. You can't do that. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, really. And I totally believe the Skeksis. Like, Chamberlain has such a presence for me. Hmm. Whenever I see him, I'm just like, yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Hmm. It's just mesmerizing. So, yeah. Absolutely loved it. Uh, well done, Netflix. And it makes me more excited to see... Well, shit, what have you guys you know, got up your sleeve for something like Witcher or... Mm. You know, like if this is what you're willing to do now and this is what Disney's willing to do now, um, it's a very exciting time. Mm. And like I said, yeah, won't have to leave the house, which is uh, fantastic. Um, should we talk about Once Upon a Time? Sure. In Hollywood. Uh, filmed by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. It was like, I think this is the first thing I said to you when we walked out of the cinema. God, there was feet in this movie, wasn't there? I mean, I know it's a Tarantino movie, but there was some feet. Well, that... Feet! That's a thing. <laughs> you know, whether he's a garbage person or not, um, <sighs> he... I think he's very... I think he's pretty self-aware and um, very aware of what he's doing movie-wise. So, it just feels like he just went, oh, so you're going to give me shit about the feet? I'm going to give you some feet. If it's feet you want, that's what you're going to see. I'm going to be dirty feet. Yeah. Dirty feet. Like, he really leans into mm. a lot of stuff. Mm. And um, leaning into those Tarantino expectations is interesting. It's a really... seems to be a really divisive film. Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to say that I really loved it. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, I, I thought it was great. 
but I can understand why it's uh, divided people. And I think with all the auteurs whose work that I've loved, like having my little bit of a Lars von Trier rabbit hole, was last year, I think, they're not in the business of making you comfortable. You know, you've got so many options for Hollywood formula to do that. And, yeah, I mean, there were times in this where I was like, I'm really enjoying it, I'm enjoying the performances, I'm enjoying Brad and Leo, this is this is really well put together, but I've got no idea what it's really about, or what the hook is, or where you're taking me. And kept reminding myself, I've got to trust him, I've got to trust him, because, you know, you trust him and things usually come together. And then they did come together, uh, and they came together in a interesting way. I mean, difficult to talk about without spoilers, and we won't spoil, but... Um, and, you know, he's he, he does a little trick that he's done before, but uh, I found the whole thing really entertaining and, and satisfying and um, made me appreciate those actors. Yeah, for sure. I think um, Leo's definitely had his time in the sun recently, but I feel like Brad Pitt's kind of gone under the radar yeah. a little bit, and it's kind of nice to see him. Because the last thing I've probably seen him in that I really loved him in probably was in Glorious Bastards. And um, to see him come out with that real swagger, like, he's cool in this, and I really, really just... I probably, like, not that we're pitting them against each other, but I actually really felt like I got a lot more out of Brad than Leo, but again, that's probably because Leo's been doing Mm. similar things recently that you kind of appreciate how good he is anyway. Yeah, no, I enjoyed them both. Um, I thought Brad Pitt had a kind of young Robert Redford sort of vibe. Um, yeah, and it's an interesting take. Margot Robbie obviously is is more of a sort of peripheral character. Yeah, it's it's character. something kind of happening in the background, and someone who's at a very different stage to, to when where they are. There's been a variety of like controversies and things, and people seem to talk about the same scenes and have issues with the same things. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just not sure to be honest. Like a lot of talk about the Bruce Lee thing. And I, mm-hmm. I watch some, and then I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's making a lot of um, guilty white people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But then I was like, Tarantino loves Bruce Lee, though, right? Mm. And he knows, I guarantee he's watched a thousand percent more Bruce Lee movies than I have. Mm. And he's not, I feel like Quentin Tarantino's not wanting to be in the business of making Bruce Lee look bad. And then I watched a old interview with Bruce Lee just to try and get a... Um, feel for how he presented himself when yeah. talking about his philosophies and things mm. and i was like this is pretty spot on like what this guy does in the movie yeah. so yeah i don't know but um yeah it's not for everyone i think like oh it's a thing isn't it like you either watch tarantino movies or you don't if you if yeah you, like you know what you're getting in for i can't imagine people that sort of cherry pick through and go oh yeah no i really enjoyed glorious bastards but i never saw django unchained or yeah. I don't know. Oh, there's some of his that I haven't really seen. Yeah. But, um... Watch him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, well, the ones that I have seen, like, I saw, uh, you know, obviously Pulp Fiction when I was quite young, and as I got a bit older, I sort of watched, like, oh, I don't think I've seen Jackie Brown all the way through, and I really don't think I've seen Reservoir Dogs, but, all the way through, but uh, when I watched them, sort of in my late teens, I didn't really like them, but mm. I think I would probably like them more now. Well, you're, you're, you'd be on the same page then, because um, Jackie Brown's the one that I've only seen once, and yeah. again, I was, it's probably early 20s. Yeah. 
it would have been when it first came out on video i think yeah. and um it just didn't have the pace or the impact that i wanted mm. at that point and i think if the first one you've seen is pulp fiction you're kind of expecting pulp fiction every time which those other movies are not but i remember even pulp fiction back in you know we're talking 94 i remember sitting in that audience as a it would have been an 18 year old 19 year old with mm. max almost having similar feelings to this where I'm going, it's good, I like it, I don't know why everyone loves it, I don't know where it's exactly going. And then by the time that it ended and it all pulled together, I was like, oh, I I really love this, Mm. this is really clever. Like, you know, he was planting seeds and taking Mm. me on a journey and I needed to just relax and and, and enjoy it and Mm. um, let it do its thing. This, This has shades of a lot of different films. I I think in Glorious Bastards it's probably the the most similar. Uh, Even to the point where if you said it at surface, because I remember when this movie was first announced, they were like, oh, it's about the Manson family and the Manson murder. And the same way whether you go, oh, Inglorious Bastards is about the war, but then you, you know, and a plot to kill Hitler, but then you start watching it and you're watching a lot of um, this young lady in a cinema and Christoph Waltz eating spoons of cream and and you go, oh, okay, this isn't exactly what I thought it was. Mm. And uh, it's it's the better for it in the Mm. long run. Um, I, that said, I do love Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I did watch that. I don't know before or after Pulp Fiction, but I, I do really like that. But it's, okay. I think it's a really um, great film, but it's like a play, mm. sort of like a, a one-act play almost. It's um, all pretty much in the same setting, and uh, it doesn't have a lot of the bells and whistles of his later stuff. So it's more like um, A Hateful Eight yeah. than anything else. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That would be the sort of echo of it. Yeah. But... Um, I think it's enjoyable. Uh, yeah, so... No, I definitely recommend it, but I know that um, it's left people puzzled. Uh, I'd have to do a spoiler talk to really dig mm. into it further. I think if you didn't know anything about the Manson kind of progression of events... I, I know like some people who didn't really know anything about that and were just like, why why is any of this stuff important? It's like, well, because that's, mm. you know, that's kind of what happened. And uh, so, I mean, you don't need to, like, I don't know a lot about it, but I knew enough to yeah. get by. And there's a lot of allusions to other things as well, I think, that, like the um, Natalie Wood incident mm. and stuff like that that are kind of referenced in this film. I have a feeling, and I mean, I don't know, this is pure speculation, but... There's a lot of process there where he sits down and probably goes, okay, I'm going to do this film about the Manson stuff. Mm. And then things start to have a mind of their own and go in different ways and you end up with what you've got. Mm. And people might be going, well, hey, but why? But then I go, well, that's that's his process. I mean, that's the thing. That's the Mm. journey he went on. And um, I liked all aspects of it. I really do like the ending. I like how it all um, turned out and I like how... It's very economically seeded throughout the film, yeah. um, all these little points to make that important. And I think he's very clever at doing that thing where you're watching a sequence, for example, Brad Pitt in the trailer feeding his dog, and it's a lovely bit of character development, but at the same time it's actually a, a really clever bit of foreshadowing for something mm. that's going to happen later. So he, he sort of gives that scene double duty where you're enjoying it just for what it is and not even thinking that it's got to pay off and Mm. then later on it does so yeah um i was impressed for sure and yeah yeah yep i I can't even remember what i I think i gave it four and a half i think it, it does what it sets out to do 
in a um in a good way. All right. Um, not a bad segue to talk about the boys, which we've uh, we sort of mentioned yeah. um, without seeing it. Did you end up getting to see any of it? No, no I haven't seen yet? any of it. Yet. You were telling me about um, Carl Urban's accent, mm. and uh, which is supposed to be uh, like a London kind of Cockney. Okay. Yeah, but his New Zealand keeps slipping through, and it's okay. not a good accent. Okay. Um, it is the low point of the show, but at the same time, his character is pretty cool, and uh, he looks great. Yeah. And um, does some very cool things, so, mm. yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out eventually. I obviously do like Carl Urban. Yeah, um, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got into it and um, sort of went straight through it. Mm. Um, I haven't heard much bad about it. No, and so it's far. supposed to be the like highest, most watched, um, highest rated or whatever show on Amazon Prime. Yeah, right. Uh, it's got those characters that are all basically Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, mm. um, Aquaman, and uh, yeah, it was really good. It's it's really fucked up. Um, and uh, you know what? When I sort of really thought about the fact that it was produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, I was mm. like, why have I been dragging my feet on this? Because they never mm. really let me down. Um, and they didn't with this. There, there are some pretty problematic characters and some pretty um, dark things in there. But I really enjoyed that aspect of it because I don't... Although we talk about the world and problematic things, etc., I don't have an issue with it in fiction if it's not naturalised. Mm. It's when something like a Disney high school movie comes out and they're kind of naturalising bad behaviour and I think, oh, what, what, what the fuck is this doing? You know, I, I would hate to see a world without your curb your enthusiasms and things like that. Yeah. I like shitty characters doing mm. shitty things, um, providing it's a, it's clearly we're not supposed to emulate these yeah. people or, or yeah. think that, um, you know, that, that that's a good thing. And uh, some of the shitty behaviour and consequences for shitty behaviour and uh, things that happen are pretty great. Mm. Like the Aquaman character is pretty gross, but then um, some very funny things happen as the story progresses. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I've got to say, when it finished, I was like, season two, now, please, want it, put it in me, put it inside me. I want you inside me, season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else I watched? I watched Succession. What's that? I've heard of that. Yeah, it's one of those things that like people are talking about a lot. Because season two has just begun. It's an HBO show. Mm. It's got um, Brian Cox and Kieran Culkin and Sarah Snook and Matthew McFadden. Faden. Yeah, Faden. And it's about uh, Brian Cox. He's like a media tycoon mm. who gets sick. Oh, and, it, that's and, not the Rupert Murdoch-y... Yeah, it's it? kind of like a... Mo- but, but, um, it's like a dark comedy. Uh-huh. It's um, produced by Adam McKay, who did The Big Short, and okay. and Will Ferrell. Everybody's kind of like fighting for who's going to take over mm-hmm. from him. And it's just a bunch of awful characters. And they tell each other, to, the family members tell each other to fuck off every okay. couple of seconds. Okay. And uh, Kieran Culkin is just a very entertaining character. Mm-hmm. Um, and just yeah, this really gross guy. Uh, so yeah, it's cool. Yeah, okay. yeah it's really good. I, I would be raving about it more if I hadn't just gone to the magical land of Thra and watched Gelfling, Gelflings and Skeksis, which I preferred. Mm-hmm. But um, no, Succession was good. And my background, just watch whatever while I'm doing other things show, is Dance Moms season eight. They're mm-hmm. back. Great. 
after like Abby went to prison mm-hmm. for a year. She then got cancer. Okay. She had spinal operations, and now she's like in a motorized wheelchair with a wig, being the most over the top supervillain ever. Okay. And it's like just nothing has, has, has changed. She's got rid of all the other kids. All, all the old kids have left, mm-hmm. so it's all new kids. Who's Abby? Is she the coach? Yeah. Okay. And if you hate kids, yep. then this is a really good show. I went to Ikea this morning. I fucking hate yeah. kids. Because yeah. you'll see kids getting just traumatised. Okay. Getting horrible things done to them. Yeah, okay. It's interesting too because Abby reminds me of a sort of um, like female Trump analogue mm-hmm. in a way. And I, I think there's been a lot of sort of dreaming of some sort of karmic retribution for Trump like... Uh, you know, I want him to go to jail or things like that. But then you go, here is this woman who has gone to jail. She's fought cancer. She's done all these things. She's come back. Mm. And she's still a horrible person. Mm. Like, so you, you can't you can't change it. Mm. It's not, not it's like... It's rotten from the inside. It hasn't seen the light. It hasn't, yeah, hasn't, you know? So there you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no JoJo, thank goodness. Oh, okay. Yeah. JoJo's from that show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I just assumed JoJo was just magically spawned well, out of the universe's uh, imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Just your head looks like an egg doesn't mean she, she just, they it just, came out of one. They just watered a bow and she grew underneath it. Oh, isn't that's probably a book you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Wow, we're 36 minutes in after a two-week break. Yeah. And we run out of things to talk about. Yeah. I watched a... Uh, I could have watched Dark Crystal on Friday night. I didn't. I chose not to because Netflix had sent me an email going, here's a thing that you would like to watch. They sent me the, here's the thing you would like to watch, the Dark Crystal thing on Saturday. On Friday, they sent me an email going, you might like to watch this uh, movie we've just put up called Falling In, I-N-N, Love. And I looked at the poster and it was... uh, a Hallmark-esque bullshit poster, and I went, oh, this looks fun. And then I read the description, and it was like, uh, San Francisco, high-powered office lady, something-something, uh, relationship falls apart, moves to New Zealand to work in an inn. I'm like, fucking sold! Um, <laughs> who was the lady? Uh, Christina Millian, who was like a pop singer, like in the early 2000s, I think. Um, and... It was horrible, but in the best way. Like, I had a great time with this fucking thing. Like, it was so funny. Like, she's in New Zealand for most of the time. And the main New Zealand guy that she falls in love with is actually, like, an Australian. And he, he bu- gets her a Vegemite sandwich. And I'm like, fuck, they've already fucked it up. And um, He should have got a fosh and chops. Oh, no. Well, he gets out his chili bun. And then he's like, oh, I've got this for you. And then <laughs> I've got a Vegemite sandwich. I'm like, what? What? No, it is very funny. They do have, they do use um, sort of local slang and stuff like that, and, and the supporting cast are actually very quite funny and endearing, and it's funny to see that. Oh, American characters! Oh, gonna do this and do that, just just offset against country rural New Zealand life. Uh, but no, it was really good fun. Um, Americans are intense. <laughs> they were, they were pretty intense. But uh, yeah, it was. It was shit, but it was so much better than I was expecting it to be, and it was a nice, uh, a nice fun diversion on a Friday night. Uh. I don't think I've even rated it on Letterboxd yet because I can't like, quite. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know what to rate it because it's not good, but I really enjoyed it. So maybe I'll give it like a two and a half. 
you got to be true to your uh, enjoyment know. level, you know, know. To, to what you felt. Yeah. Well, is I mean, this is the... It feels like the quietest time of the year, mm. movie-wise. Mm. Yeah, there wasn't much out uh, this week. There was the Angel Has Fallen. They actually had... Um, not Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, no, it was Olympus Has Fallen on TV the other night, and I watched it again, and... They're a bit of a guilty pleasure movie for me. I do I do actually quite like this mm. series, but I've never seen one at the cinema, so I'm probably not planning yeah. on starting now. Trailer didn't do much for me. Oh, it's pretty, you know, like like burly man shoot gun. Like yeah. a safe president. It's not, you know, they're not rocket science movies. Well, next week uh, it comes out. Which I'm really looking forward to, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to see that with Paris and Zach. So don't worry. Oh tr- no, I wasn't. I wasn't I'm going to try and try and even bother. Uh, and then it's after that we get Downton Abbey. It is, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that, that's uh, that's very exciting. Is Artemis Fowl still? No, I don't think so. I was going to say because I haven't seen fucking anything. I haven't updated it. that list in a while. Yeah. And uh, you you refused to go to a Dora the Explorer advanced screening this morning. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we didn't have anything uh, new because uh, we just, we just couldn't decide on, on the meager options that we had. Yeah. Nothing to uh, lure us in. Yeah. But uh, Downton that'll be a big one. It will be yes yes the cinemas are doing like you know special morning tea screenings which makes sense. But they're doing them, like, on a fucking Friday. Like, do it the weekend before. Make it a special advanced screening morning tea. You know, on a Friday? People work. I no, would, it's, I, for, it's no, for... No, I want to go to the morning tea with all the old biddies, but I have to go to fucking work, yeah. and this is unfair. They don't have to go to work. Oh, no, they don't have they're to They're all retired. I saw it was a fucking Ikea this morning. It was full of old biddies just strolling through. It's like, go on a weekday. You're not doing anything else. Get out of my way, Cheryl. <laughs> fucking Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> what is shit <laughs> I did love there was like a dude it was like <laughs> I was walking through and people would just like stop they would just stop in the fucking walkway and be like oh Bevan look at that chair and I'm just like move the fuck out of the way and there was like a dude with a pram and he stopped in front of me because his wife had gone off to look at something and she's like move out of the way be aware there's people walking I'm like fuck yeah lady <laughs> you're the real MVP here <laughs> oh it's killing me this morning oh gosh yeah that's grim <laughs> yeah that's really grim yeah well you see Ikea on a Sunday is still better than Ikea on a Saturday so I can't complain too much fair enough yeah alright well, is that it? Are we going to pull the plug on this? Oh, fuck, I tried. I just talked about Ikea for Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, I don't... I can't yes-and your Ikea story. No. Well, I, I was, don't I, have a... I wasn't expecting you to. I know. I'm just... Yeah. I went to Carousel yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Good. Did you go to the sad little pop culture convention? No, I didn't, no. actually. No. I went to Toy Mate. Oh, yeah. Toy Mate. I haven't haven't been to Toy Mate pretty much since it opened. Well, I got my little Fisher-Price phone there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that was it. Um, Yeah, that's my story. Cool. I I must have seen something crazy there. No, I didn't. No, like, herds of children with rat's tails? Uh, No, I'm just really hyper-aware of the bad tattoos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, I know that, like, those same people would uh, definitely think my tattoos were bad too. So, you know, I, I just felt more at home. Each to their own. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, no, sorry. Can't pat this out anymore. We're going. Oh, actually, I... This just in. Breaking news. Let me just administer a shot of adrenaline to okay. this, this episode of the podcast. I, I think we did talk about this a couple of years ago, but when I was watching Dark Crystal, down the bottom of the episode to come, you might also like to watch... And it came up with the new Legends of Monkey, which I didn't ah, know yes. was on Netflix. I saw that too, yeah. And so once I saw that, that's what actually stopped me watching Dark Crystal because I was like, fucking monkey, and then started watching Monkey again instead. If you have Netflix and you have not seen this series, please do. It is so much fun, and it's great for like quite young kids as well. It's got that real Hercules, Xena kind of vibe. Um, and it's silly and goofy and fun. And now it's on Netflix, and it's easy to find. I have so I, seen I, rec- it. I recommend it um, quite a bit. Watch Dark Crystal, because it's better. We haven't seen it, so you don't know. Uh, yeah, I know, because like, you said it's like Xena or Hercules. Yeah, Xena and Hercules are good. No, they're not! Yeah, they are. They are a bum. No, they're not. <laughs> you are a bum. I'm not a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, these people have got places to be. Um, (laughs) If they had places to be, they would not have started listening to this in the first place. No, okay. Well, look, thanks for listening, everyone. And if you were thinking, (laughs) oh, it's been two weeks since uh, we had a podcast now, you know why? Because there's nothing to talk about. Uh, But hopefully there there will be some... And and the other thing is, there were a few things to talk about today, but they were all things that um, really liked. And what can you say when you really like something? I really like this. Can't spoil it. Mm. I'd say I really like it because uh, this dingle dongle dangle thing happens. Mm. Got to play it cool. Mm. Uh, so look, thanks for listening. And go to frilipspursuits.com to find out everything else that we're doing. I guess we won't be doing a show next week, but I will be seeing it. So I'll talk about that the, the week after, um, which hopefully we'll be able to talk about Downton then as well. Mm. And uh, also um, look out for Dungeons and Drongos episode 100, which drops tomorrow. Uh, it's full of surprises and it was a lot of fun to make. So um, please listen to that. Yeah, you'll find links to our Facebook discussion group, social media, all that nonsense. And uh, yes, and uh, and things, yes, the end. Tinkly tonk. Tinkly tonk, motherfucker!